Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, we talk about Blizzard Entertainment and its many games, and sometimes we talk about other companies' games as well, and or other things. But usually, we try to keep it locked in on on the stuff that you come here for. Uh, I'm Matt. I am the host. With me this week, as is usually the case, are my fantastic co-hosts, Liz Harper, the EIC of the site, and Joe Perez, the looming ombudsman goblin of the site. <laughs> um, I'll I, take I'm that. sorry. Yeah, I was trying to come up with a good title for you, and I don't think Looming Albums was quite what I wanted, but yeah. it, it kind of conveys the the way you are constantly like our big brother, um, which is weird because I'm older. Anyway, <laughs> how are you all doing? Uh, Liz is going to have a few words about the site, and we're going to have her do that right now because we want to make sure that we get you all to hear it, and then we can talk about other things. <laughs> so Liz... Uh, yeah, as good long-term followers of the site know, we've always been supported by Patreon since we started Blizzard Watch way, way back when. We are going to be nine years old next month. So, uh, yeah, just think of that and kind of crumble into dust. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. Uh, but anyway, you probably know that we kind of had a financial crisis last year. Our ad provider kind of melted down on us and we were just not doing well. And we asked you all to help us on Patreon and you came through with you know, enough uh, enough Patreon support to keep the site running. I mean, we're we're running at a, a lower scale than we were last year, but we're we're doing good and we're covering our costs mostly from Patreon. Um, we did switch to a new ad provider late last year, and uh, it's it, I mean, we were really hopeful to get a better ad provider, which would help provide some of that support from the site, so it's not a hundred percent on Patreon. Uh, the new ad provider is not working out great for us right now. Uh, as an example, we've made $20 on advertising so far this month, which is kind of not much. Uh, so we're probably going to be switching advertisers again soon, I hope, to try out, see if we can get some better some better ads, some gaming ads, uh, and just something that can kind of help support the site more than this does. But uh, so you may see some different ads on the site. We may be continuing to play around with our ad formatting. I know there is a bug right now where uh, you sometimes see two identical ads stacked right on top of each other. We're working on that. We're working to fix that. Uh, we're not trying to completely fill your screen with ads. Uh, and also, I'm sure you have noticed there are ads on the podcast now. And uh, those are doing great. Uh those are the podcast is actually financially supporting itself for the first time ever in the history of Blizzard Watch or WoW Insider before it, uh, which I know it get it kind of it kind of sucks to have ads on the podcast, but this does allow the podcast to kind of stand on its own and support itself, which is great. It helps us do podcasts. It helps us do more podcasts. You know, if you know Matt and Joe wanted to do more podcasts, if we could find a schedule where we could do more podcasts, which is always the challenge. Um, uh, so that's pretty much it. I wanted to give y'all an update on the state of the site. Patreon is doing great. It's uh, fallen off a little since we did our pledge drive, but we kind of expect that. Uh, your continued support is, of course, what lets us make all of this content, and uh, we're still working to bring it to you. So uh, thank you very much. If you see ads on the site that are bad, not working for you, please tell us uh, if you can support us on Patreon. We really appreciate it. It helps keep us going. And thanks for being here, folks. That's all I got. Uh, thank you very much, Liz. Why did I stop talking there? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't time yet. <laughs> no, I, I, it wasn't even that. I wasn't even thinking to do that. I was just my, I was like, thank you very much, Liz. And then dead silence. <laughs> yeah, as, like, what as, happened to my as, head? 
as listeners at home can tell, we're still working on figuring out where and how to place ad breaks in our uh, crazy madcap discussions here. Yeah, and it doesn't help when the when the guy who's kind of emceeing this is Shindig just stops talking and stares at his computer for like five seconds. You know, I, it's okay. It's okay. We've been there. We've, We've all, all been, been there. there. Mm-hmm. But let's um. What we'll do now is uh, we will move through some news. Uh, we might have to take a break in the middle, or but we'll see, we'll we'll go through some news right or, now. There's a fair amount. Or you it, want to take the break now? I was going to say, or because of the timing, we can do it right now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, so, yeah, we got actually quite a bit to talk about, although some of it was stuff that happened last week. And while we normally would have missed it, uh, we actually ended up running late last week. So we did kind of talk about some of this stuff already. So we might just throw out quick mentions and then move on. For example, um, the one that I'm, I'm most interested in mentioning right now is the Diablo 4 Season 3 announcement. Um, Diablo 4 Season 3 was announced, I think, today? Like the actual, like se- what the season yes. was? Yes, indeed. Yeah. I you said that, and I was like Diablo three. Why are we talking about Diablo? Okay, yeah, no, it's yeah. I, the, I, the problem with having numbers after the names of games that you're still, you know, you end up with, and it's like, yeah. I'm I'm constantly getting Diablo three and Diablo four mixed up because it's Diablo three season thirty and it's Diablo four season three, and it's um, yeah. I, yes. So uh, Diablo four season three starts next week. Yeah, it's, that it's seems the twenty third so, of January. Yep. Yes, that seems so soon. And here we are. They finally announced what it was going to be. We, we knew from a while that it was the season of Orange Text, and that was their <laughs> what they called it in one of their live streams. And basically, it was something vaguely Egyptian themed. We now we know it's Kedjistan. So Kedjistan is kind of the world's stand-in for both Egypt and the Middle East, uh, and it is going to be about the creatures and robots created by Zoltan Kool. Um, we're going down into the underground beneath. Kajistan to find the vaults of Sultan Kool, where these robots have been left to 
I guess, Mulder for so long that a demon has found them, and this demon is going to use them to destroy everything unless we go and whack him repeatedly with sharp things, bludgeoning things, fiery things, uh, being a bear, what have you. Um, what have you got? You got an army of skeletons? <laughs> Throw an army of skeletons at him. There's, there's going to be a lot of that. Um, it's an interesting season because we're getting our own pet robot. Um, yeah, I, that's... Really, you're talking about Zoltan Cool and yeah. the deserts of Kajistan, and I'm just like, pet robot. Yeah, that's yeah. all you need to know about this season. You get a pet robot. I feel bad for warlocks who are really heavily into the whole army of the dead thing, because now you got to manage a robot, too. But, <laughs> you know, I, I guess it's less of a managing thing and more of just follows you around and shoots whatever you're fighting and is generally... I, I wish that I could edit sound files in Diablo just so I could have the, the robot saying Bender things. <laughs> I'm Bender. One time I drove a guy in the ground with a sho- like a tent pole with a shovel. Yes, yes, very nice. Uh, but regardless, yeah, robot. Diablo, Diablo 4, Season 3, um, Season of the Construct, you get your own robot. And you, you know, fight demons to keep them from getting their own robots because they're going to use the robots to kill everybody. Which is pretty standard. I mean, I, I think this is, you know, it's a pretty, it's a little out there for a Diablo season, but I think in a way that's good because we just had two seasons in a row that were basically like just even demonier demons and then vampires. So I think actually having just weird robots from the desert, it's a nice palate cleanser. Uh, it's a nice way to move past, you know, the vampires and, and demons who are like worse, like can- cancer demons. And then we'll come back to them. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I don't know how much control you're going to have over your new robot friend, but you can, you know, customize him. He, we were talking about in the pre-show about game progression systems, and this is kind of a new progression system. You yeah. get your robot, and then you kind of, like, socket it with stones, and each stone has its unique powers, and kind of customize it that way. You customize your new robot buddy to be exactly what you want. And also, I wanted to mention this because this is interesting. Uh, this is the first time I think they've actually done this for Diablo 4. There's a new adventure hub, essentially, like a mm-hmm. new kind of capital city that's underground in Kajistan. Uh, it's it's the place where you will be going to, like, you know, repair and rest up and, and do stuff with your inventory and turn gear into better gear uh, and so forth. And it's it's like right there. It's it's actually like just above the vault. If you play Diablo 2, I'm wondering if it's going to be the same place. Because uh, there was a place that the one of the mm. clones of Zoltan Cool used in, in Diablo 2. Not Diablo 2. Why are you saying Diablo 2? Diablo, Diablo Immortal. <laughs> no, Diablo Immortal. Oh, yeah, yeah. In okay. Diablo Immortal, Zoltan Cool had a clone who was running like a weird little underground magic place with robots and so forth. And I'm wondering if they're going to connect. I don't think it's the same place. I don't think the place was called Gate Hall, but I think there could be a connection there. And I'm interested to see if they do anything with it. Uh, one of the things they haven't done very much with Diablo games is connect that kind of thing. They've connected things mm-hmm. in, in terms of references and so forth, but it's very rare that you fight something that is, you know, coming from one game to the other. I think Diablo 2 was the first time that they brought back an actual boss from a previous game, um, or at least somebody who'd been in the previous game becomes a boss um like blood raven for example who was actually the rogue from mm-hmm. from diablo one the original diablo so yeah i, I am interested in this what like we already know that liz for liz it's the robots joe anything in particular about this interesting to you nope not really oh that's a shame <laughs> 
but yeah, um, I'm I'm also a big fan of Zoltan Cool. So you know that's that's great. I, like I've said a million times, he never lies to your character in Diablo three, not once. Mm. Guy literally never tells you a lie. He he's quite upfront about being a monomaniacal lunatic, but he never ever lies. But there's also some some stuff in here I think we should mention really fast. Uh, we're getting Hell Tides as persistent. There's going to be like a five minute rest once per hour. Otherwise, it's all hell, to- hell tide. Whenever the hell tide is, it's just I, going I think, constantly. I think uh, in season two, we kind of got used to that with the okay. I'm blanking on the names. The vampire zones. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're called either. I just know that you go there and there's vampires everywhere. <laughs> yes, it's uh, this is the current zone that is full of vampires, and it rotates every hour. And you always have one of those running, so you could be out there killing vampires, and this vampire zone would wrap up and it would move to another vampire zone blood harvests that's what they yeah. are uh it, it, so we've kind of gotten used to always having an event around and there are currently still some pretty big gaps between hell tides so this will give you something to do you know just all the time you'll always have a hell tide up you'll always have some challenging different content to go and run if that's what you want to do and it's hell tides are very you know pick up and, and go friendly yeah uh, yeah. You can go do them until you're tired and then just stop. You don't have to like get to the end of them. They just mm-hmm. keep going until you're done and then stop or they'll end on their own and you can, you'll be done then. And you can then go to another one or you can be done. You'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm done. Uh, in addition to that, though, we're getting an additional stash tab, um, which I think is good. Uh, quite mm-hmm. frankly, I, I'm kind of low on, on stash tabs, please, so I think another one is good. Um, WASD movement is, is coming. You don't have to map it anymore. It's just built in now. It's just based. That's actually really nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're going to have a new respec mode, which is going to let you have build updates. You can just push a button essentially and boom, you'll get a, a your, you'll have to do it once, obviously, but you can do it and then save it. And then you can change between respects pretty easily. So that's, that's yeah, I think that's that's huge. This is because... like the first time in a while a Diablo game is stolen from World of Warcraft. <laughs> and quite well, frankly, I, I'm here for it. This was a good move. I, I mean, one of the problems... You go, Joe. Say, we talk about it a lot, right? Like, some of the best features from World of Warcraft were stolen from Diablo, like Transmog. Yeah. Um, and it's fine to borrow systems that work, and this is a system that works, right? It's, it's something that we really enjoy we use all the time and why not move it into diablo where players will probably enjoy it and use it all the time i mean look at you know in in terms of games i don't think anyone would argue that the spider-man games that sony put out borrow a lot from the arkham games and that's fine it's good it works they they're they're more energetic than the arkham version because he's spider-man and not batman so he doesn't plot around and smash people with car doors uh i'm not all i think spider-man actually looks really good um but you know, stuff that is just a concept is, is fine, and especially when it's your own company, so you don't even have to worry about that. Uh, we know we're getting a dev update live stream. Uh, we're getting it on the 18th, which is two days as we're recording this. As you're listening to it, it could literally have been the day you're listening to it, or it could have been the day before. Uh, but regardless, we're going to get more uh, information from that live stream as well. Go ahead, Liz. And we should be getting full patch notes on the 19th. Yeah. Uh, one one feature that I want to add to your list is that we're finally getting leaderboards to the game. Yeah, so yeah, uh, that's correct. Yeah, leaderboards are coming with uh, a feature that really sounds to me like challenge rifts. I mean, this kind of sounds exactly like challenge rifts. It certainly has very challenge rift energy. I don't know if it's actually it, going to be rifts, but yeah, that definitely was. Yeah, that sense. it's it's something called the Gauntlet, which is a weekly rotating fixed dungeon that you have to. Comp- 
pleat to, you know, aim for the, I believe, the best time to get a top spot on the leaderboards, eh, which will be memorialized in various ways. Yeah, it feels a little bit like the set dungeons that they had in D3, but mm. not obviously not about a piece of tier or anything. It's just similar in that regard that it's a, except it rotates, which those they do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it does it does feel like something it's, that you, it's it's actually interesting to me how much stuff has continually come out for Diablo Four over the past year because it's been out now for like what eight months? Yeah, give or take. Yeah, June yeah. to June. Yeah, to, June. Yeah, June to like January. That's like eight nine months. So yeah, that's that's interesting to me. Uh, you were saying something, Liz. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I was uh, I was just talking the date. Ah, so yeah, the the date for the uh, dev the dev update January 18th. The uh, full patch notes January nineteenth, and the game, the actual uh, update itself goes live. The new season goes live on January twenty third. So yeah, all within the scape of week. By by time we get up to the next podcast, at least two of these things will have already happened. Um, so much going on. So much. Yep. Uh, so that's that's the Diablo four stuff. Uh, now Matthew can find his email again instead of looking at at a, you know a list of patch notes. Uh, Dragonflight, which is the you know current WoW expansion. In case you don't know that, I don't know how you managed to not know that, and you're watching the show. I mean, we talk <laughs> about it a fair amount. Uh, but patch ten point two point five is today. Um, it's wasn't it? Was it called? It's got a, a name, and every time I hear it, I forget it. Seeds of renewal. Seeds of renewal. Uh, now, yeah. now live. Yes, that is literally live as we're recording this. Um, that's cool. I, I I am happy for it. I it's got um dragon riding everywhere now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't got to do that yet. I want to. I I totally forgot that that was a thing until you said it. <laughs> the, the Azerothian Archives event, we've got that. Uh, that's basically kind of like doing archaeology without the actual archaeology profession yeah, system. It's I mean it's a world event and mm-hmm. it kind of has an archaeology ish theme where you're learning more about the Dragon Isles and of course you can get cosmetic rewards. So I mean it's it's yet another world event, but it, it has a unique, interesting theme and some cosmetics you can pick up. Yeah, well, there's also the the going back to Gilneas quest lines where you can help the uh the Gilneans reclaim their homeland, or if you're Liz, just be mad at them. <laughs> I found out last week Liz doesn't like Gilneas, and I was like, oh, the vapors. I, yeah. I, it's Gilneas is fine. I mean, it's okay. I think it has bad leadership I, that led yeah. to its downfall, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, wrong with Gilneas. I, I think they the have, part where the horde invaded and, you know, you sprayed poison everywhere probably helped. I mean, you guys. Okay, okay. You guys. I mean, I feel I, like you guys contributed. You contributed I, to the thing. Yeah, but what about before that? Yeah, I'm going further back about the the gray main wall and just oh, yeah, saying, yeah. "No, we're gonna we're just gonna nope out of this war. It's no problem. We'll it's su- just, we're gonna build a big wall and we'll hide." We'll support and the, the alliance. Scourge. Here's one unit. The yeah. the scourge and the undead that'll never bother us. We'll just live behind our wall. Everything's good and yeah, fine. Let's, we'll wear let's our talk top about hats. that. Let's let's talk about how they said <laughs> we're not gonna deal with the undead, and then the undead came back. Well, to be fair, yeah. they didn't actually know about the undead when they built the wall. The, wall, the undead weren't yeah. there yet. No, but they were besieged yeah. for help when it was happening, and we're told no. Yeah, yeah well, that's fair. I just, I, again, I don't. I'm not saying Gen Greymane's a nice dude. I am just saying it's understandable that he might have had a grudge, considering like he didn't he lose like his other kid. Oh, never mind. No, that, that's. A, I'm sorry. That was the admiral. That was the admiral. He didn't. Yeah, lo- he didn't lose his son until the uh, the. Phil Shivana shot him yeah. in the chest. Yeah. 
So again, back and forth, lots of bad leadership. But regardless, if you actually care, if you if you're interested, you will get to go. And Horden can do it too. Uh, right. In the spirit of conciliation, Horde and Alliance are working together, sort of, to help free Gilneas. I I am going to go check it out. I want to know what happens. I mean, I'm curious as to what's the next step of the storyline for the Gilneans, because we've just let that sit for so long. It's just the Gilneans kind of moved to Stormwind, and they've just been sitting there for, you know, a cu- couple of days Well, now. yeah, because they, and- they, I mean, they moved, originally they moved to a tree. Then that tree ceased to exist, and they had to move to Stormwind. I mean, there was a brief question about if they were going to move to the new tree, but they were like, no, no, we're not doing trees again. We just want to go home. <laughs> that's not the, that's not the last thing. Sorry, go ahead. I, so I'm just, I'm curious where the story is going. Are we tying this up? Are we going to unlock a new story element? Where are we going from here? That's, that's, that's what I'm curious about, less than actual... Actually, wanting to see Gen Greymane be I the king see, of a people in a land again. Yeah, but I honestly, where we're talking about it, I'm interested to see. Like, we know Calia Menethil's involved from the Horde mm-hmm. side. I'm interested to see what that means. Like, what's the deal? Are they actually going to try to have some sort of friendly relationships? Well, it would make sense. It would make Forsaken s- and Gilneas. Yeah, it would make sense though for Calia because one, she is the closest tie to the alliance that the you know Forsaken have. But also, she is all about mending bridges. Like, that's a huge thing. So, like, this is a way for potentially her character to start maybe not making the Forsaken atone, but for, you know, mending that bridge a little bit and, you know, trying to keep the current Forsaken from being murder on site. Yeah, it's it's an interesting path to see moving forward. Um, but we should also mention... Belameth is going to be explorable as a new night elf city. Yep. In it's there now. You you can go and, and check it out. Um I think it's weird that they're kind of like putting the night elf city uh it's it's underneath Amirdrasil this time. It's not on top of it, which was a good move, but I still think it's weird that it and Amirdrasil are on the Dragon Isles. Hmm. And it it's it keeps reminding me of those dragon riding elves that we met if the Draenei starting zone all those years ago. And nothing has ever been said about those guys since. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I know they're all dead, but I still feel like, you know, it's an interesting connection between the elves and the dragons. They've moved from the, uh, made a pact with the dragons to get immortality to now they're just living underneath the tree and in, in the dragon isles. It's, it's interesting to me. Um, I, I don't know where we're going with it. Belameth is gorgeous. Um, Amir Drasil is gorgeous. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that just to walk around and hear all the various conversations that are going on. And the fact that both the Horde and the Alliance have, you know, elves there. Um, it's not just, you know, the night elves. It's sort of like a elf hangout. Yeah. And we're going to talk about this on Lore Watch at some point because there's there's story elements with the cinemas now in the epilogue that kind of deal with that a little bit, too. So I'm very I'm very excited to see where that moves forward as well. Uh, but the last thing we should mention before we move on to other things is the follower dungeons. Now, I would mm-hmm. love to talk about this, but before we do that, but so have either of you had a chance to try this yet? I did it in the I PTR have. at one point. Okay. But, what um, I, at the time I did it in the PTR, uh, I tried tanking and healing them, and mm-hmm. healing wasn't too awful. Uh, tank was a little robotic, uh, but not not too horrible. But tanking it was a nightmare. Like I I I did not enjoy tanking it. I don't know what it's like now. It's been at least a month and a half since the last time I did it. 
so I got, I was actually able to do one before, uh, showing up for the podcast. I was relatively impressed with how smoothly it went. Um, I, but I did do it as a DPS. I didn't do it as a tank or a healer yet. I will try that just to see how it goes. Um, but I do like the idea that you have a toggle that you can basically have it set so that the NPCs will either follow your lead or you tell them to go and do it and you can let them take the lead. And there are things that I noticed, which was pretty clever. It's not perfect. There are obviously a lot of stuff that is um, problematic, but they do respond to pings. So if you're in control and you ping stuff with the new ping system, they will focus stuff. Um, If the healing NPC is low on mana, the tank will sit and wait for the healer to get mana back before proceeding to the next pull. Uh, that is wildly unrealistic. I go know. On. Um, I also tested if it would pick up mobs that were pulled like uh, accidentally or if it would be something that like, um, you know, if you were pulling real fast, if the tank would pick up the ads and the tank picked up the ads really quick. Like I was just firebolting random mobs and ruby life pools and the tank was like nope you're coming here come here come here like grabbing everything making sure that like you did not die it's and again it's not perfect there are still problems that i'm sure that they're working out because it is ai uh or essentially program behavior at this point but i'm relatively impressed with it like the idea that it could be one o'clock in the morning, I could be wanting to run a dungeon, and if I don't have anybody or don't want to go in the random queue at that late, I can just go follow a dungeon. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really neat feature. I'm hoping that when I do get a chance to play it, I will have more of an opinion of it as it is now and not as it was back in testing. I just haven't really gotten a chance to, um, partially because um, for some reason the most recent patch when it downloaded didn't download properly. And so now I have to reinstall wow. Um, yeah. Which is one of those things where I, therefore I won't be logging in for like a week. Um, but when I get that done, at least, at least Diablo four patched properly. And so I'm okay there. It's one of those situations where the game tried to save it in the wrong place and it was, it didn't fill up properly. Essentially I did not have space for it. So I've, I've adjusted things. I should be good to go. Now. Wow. Really needs to stop having patches. I think anyway, <laughs> what else do we have to talk about? Um, we've mentioned the dev live stream. A couple of things that I think we, we don't really have much to say about at the time, but we should mention that they exist. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Both Diablo 3 Season 30 and uh, Wrath of Lich King Classics uh, Phase 5, both of them are now live. Uh, they went live last week. Um, so if you're playing those games, you now you can go. Diablo 3 Season 30 actually has a pretty extensive set of patch notes they've, it's, they've changed it's some a stuff crazy around. one it's yeah. crazy uh just in addition to stuff like 
you know, the altar of rights and the, the wailing essence stuff. Um, what's that called? The wailing portals? Or is that what it's called? Or nightmare portals? I can't even remember what it's called. My God. So the, many different the diabolical fissures, which yeah. lead you into visions of enmity. I think, I, think. No, I think that's not that. That's the one before. I think this is, but whatever. Point being, <laughs> that's there too. Uh, in addition to all that, there are actually some class balance changes. Um, some abilities got buffed. Uh, I know Demon Hunters had one ability get nerfed, and my wife was very mad about it, but I don't remember which one it was. Um, but regardless, there's a lot of changes, a lot of different patch notes. So if you are going to play Diablo 3, 6, and 30, you should at least go check those patch notes out uh, so you know what you're getting into before you jump in. And for Wrath of the Witch King Classic... Oh, sorry, Liz is talking. I, it's it's just so much going on in Diablo 3. If you enjoy yeah. that more fast-paced, colorful combat, now is a great time to jump in and play some Diablo 3. Yep. It, it's it's good time because, you know, we won't get the new season in Diablo 4 till next week. So you have a couple of days. Uh, yeah, a whole week. <laughs> but uh, Wrath of the Lich King Classic with Phase 5, that basically just means that Ruby Sanctum is open. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a it's not a huge phase, um, but I think it's interesting that it's there. We know Cataclysm. We know that Cataclysm Classic is in the on the drawing boards right now. Um, it is likely going to come this year. I don't know exactly when because they haven't said. But this is the this is the jumping on point, so to speak. It's the narrative element that hooks us into what's coming later. I don't know if they're going to do like the event like they did for Cataclysm on live servers like do you remember that is is that part of this phase or is that coming at a later date the one where you have to go Uh, and fight various elementals in various places and no that's definitely not in phase five they're gonna have i believe a pre-patch that's going to uh bring that with it yeah so that's still on the drawing board to, to to anticipate as well so we mentioned the uh d4 dev live stream so we don't have to mention that again we should mention because liz is the one who told me this i thought the the uh, Grim Campfire was this week on the 18th, but it's been pushed they back changed to the 23rd. It. Yeah, they changed it. Uh, the the Grim, F- Grim Campfire Twitch drop for WoW was supposed to start this week with the rollout of patch 10.2.5, but they have pushed it back to next week. So that will start on the 23rd. So if you want like a creepy campfire full of skulls, who wouldn't? Yeah, watch uh, watch some will... WoW on Twitch, yeah. But uh, don't watch it this week. Well, you can watch it this week. You just won't. That's you, yeah. Watch I, it next week. For the I actually think they did this because AGDQ is this week or GDQ is this week hmm. because it, it was done quickly. Yeah, it's right smack dab in the middle and it's going to pull everybody away on Twitch. So, yeah, moving the Twitch drop makes the most sense and gives the most amount of people the amount of time to do both. So you just imagine a bunch of people in an office watching a dog do a stream and saying to themselves, <laughs> guys, we can't beat the game streaming dog. We gotta push it back. Do you honestly think they could? Because I I don't think they could. uh, No, I I am telling you, I think that that's what they did. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I because you know darn well they were watching the game streaming. Oh, absolutely. So therefore, they would know. Oh yeah, there's no way. We just push it back. (laughs) For those of you who were not listening to us in the pre-show in AGDQ today, there was a Shiba Inu uh, playing. Uh, playing a video game, uh, speed running a video game. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all we, we're all interested now. You're you're sitting there going, wait a minute, I don't want to listen to these people talk anymore. Where's this dog? <laughs> the dog, <laughs> the dog is named Peanut Butter, and he's a very good boy. Of course he is. Um, they're all good dogs, friend. Uh, but in addition to that, there's also some Amazon Prime stuff. Um, the death burden for Diablo Four thing is 
basically till January 18th. That's the one with the mount and the various accessories. That's two days from now as we're recording, and probably it's over by the time you hear this if you're hearing it recorded. Um, Overwatch 2's uh, five-tier skip, that's also ending on January 18th, so same thing. Uh, if, you've, if you're listening to us live, you still have a couple days. If you are not, it's going away probably right as you're listening to us or in you know, in the past already. It's already happened. Uh, both of those, again, these are Amazon Prime. They're not Twitch drops. All you have to do is hook up your account to these games so you can get the, and, the, the bundles. Go ahead. And, and if you miss this one, don't worry. This seems to be a pretty normal cycle, especially for like the yeah. tier skips and things like that. Um, there seems to always be a Diablo 4 bundle. Uh, the fact that uh, Blizzard is participating in it is just really nice. You just get a couple extra things for linking your account up and clicking a few buttons. Yeah. Um, Hearthstone card packs are basically going away on the 17th, which is tomorrow as we're recording. Definitely going to be in the past by the time you hear this. So I'm sorry if you're listening to this recorded, you you didn't get your Hearthstone pack, but they're going to probably have another one very soon. I mean, they, they do Hearthstone promotions pretty regularly. Uh, mm-hmm. As for the one thing that is more time sensitive, in my opinion, because I don't think it'll be coming back, the Swift Wild Windsteed mount from is from WoW. It's uh, originally a Mister Pandaria mount, if I'm not insane. Yeah, it was, was a sh- it was a shop mount from there, I think. And uh, that one is up till January 30th, so you can go there right now, and you'll be able to go there next week, and you'll be able to go right up to the 30th of January to get yourself this uh, Swift Windsteed mount, which again just requires you to link your account. Uh, at this point, though, I think that's that's all the stories we have. So, um, Liz, you sent in more, but I'm pretty sure we covered them. We might not have covered all of them, though. So uh, there, there is one uh, tiny thing, which is the Outland, uh, the Outland World Cup, the Outland Dragon Races are starting on the 18th. So, if you want to do more dragon racing, collect some more transmog with some new racetracks. That starts this week. And you can see dragon riding in Outland, which I think is going to be pretty cool. Also, before um, we move on, did did we talk about the pee-pee, the PP costumes, the Pepe costumes? We didn't really talk about them because we talked about them last yeah. week. As, as, yeah, we did as talk mentioned. about them last week. Did we? Okay. I mean, you can you can you can talk about them again because I know there is part of this that you were probably enthusiastic about. I'm just happy that I can make him look like a Tuscar with that beautiful little mustache. My boy, <laughs> yes. my boy's going to be so dapper. He gets to be a Tuscar. Joe, uh, he gets to be a Tuscar before I do. Well. <laughs> You could always wear a costume, I suppose. And who says but I'm not? <laughs> well, I always just assumed that was your natural, exp- you know, natural skin color and so forth. Actually, come to think of it, that'd be a great cosplay. I have actually considered this. And before we get into the, the the questions and stuff like that, this is literally a conversation I had with somebody about how easy it would be to make that costume with my body type, and it See, is something I've thing, heavily though. considered. I I. I Take that idea and the fact that I kind of have a Wilford Brimley-esque vibe. Anyway, I could definitely be a Tuscar who's just Wilford Brimley as as a Tuscar. You do realize that if we ever go to a convention together, this is what we're going to do, right, Matt? Yeah, I figure. We might end up doing it as a two-headed ogre, though. Oh, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, welcome to Things We Think. Um now we should move on to doing some of those there questions that Joe mentioned. I should, uh, as is usually the case, if you've got a question for the show, you can, you can contact us in a variety of ways. If you're a Patreon supporter and if you are, thank you, we love you. Um, you can, you can use the Patreon Q and podcast questions channel on our discord and ask questions there. 
people weren't particularly questioning this week, but you know, hopefully you'll get curious again. I, I have hope. Um, if you're not a patron, we, we do still love you. Um, you can go to the Q and podcast questions channel for non-patrons and you can leave a question there as well. Uh, we, we take them from there as well. We, we just go to the Patreon one first because, you know, as we've pointed out, y'all are basically keeping the site going and we, we, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. very happy about that. So, However, if you'd rather email us, you can do that too. Um, we actually got a couple questions from email this week. Uh, that's send an email to podcast at blizzardwatch.com uh, with the subject line uh, podcast or Blizzard Watch. Uh, so we know it's for this show. Or uh, I could steal it. Sometimes I do that. I just steal it. If we don't have enough questions and I'm like, oh, that one's, that was close enough. I'll, I'll it's true. It. And then 100%. Joe, Joe will eventually catch me and make me go back to Arkham Asylum, but I, I just, it's a it's rotating door. I can get out anytime I want. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm going to read some of these cause I can do that this week. And so greetings, uh, sages of multiversal tinfoil hats, Zarax, uh, he gave us a pronunciation guide and that's really nice of you. Thank you, Zarax. Uh, Night Elf Druid from Too Long Ago to Remember What Realm. Like all of you, time is turning me into dust. I was listening to the podcast uh, for sometimes in the last 30-ish days, again, time, uh, when things were off the rails <laughs> at the end. Uh, Sentient Sword, Pee-wee's Playhouse, Beauty and the Beast, etc. At the very end, a comic book was mentioned offhand. Uh, comic books were mentioned offhand, and it sparked a thought. What WoW characters would you put into superhero identities in a real world in a realm where Azeroth merges with Marvel <laughs> slash DC universes? For example, Anduin is Spider-Man. Uh, Goldon is the Joker, etc. Uh, hoping this mm. warps, twists, entertains you, your brains as it did mine. Love the podcasts <laughs> and live plays. You are all amazing. Uh, thank you, Zarax. So um, Liz, Joe, go. <laughs> First of all, Anduin is not Spider-Man. <laughs> Anduin is more like Captain America. He's all about that hope, and he's, you know, stalwart, and he's got the defense down, and he's all about me standing in the way and standing up to bullies, and that's more his. If we're going to go with uh, Spider-Man-esque, we're going with Zappy Boy, because he's young and, and impressionable and has <laughs> a ton of more power than he realizes. I mean, has has Anduin s- sagged into his Winter Soldier days? Though, I mean, we've kind of had after the Jailer, we're kind of kind of on a low point. We haven't seen much of him though. So well, we don't fun- entirely know what he's up to. Funny you should mention that because uh, <laughs> Matthias Shaw happens to be around in Patch Ten Point Two Point Five, maybe telling us a little bit about what's going on as he's tracking Anduin's travel through the world. Just saying. Hmm. I would say it's I would say hmm. it's less the uh, Winter Soldier and it's more the Nomad or the Captain eras of Captain America, <laughs> where he decides I can't be Captain America anymore, so I'll be a guy who throws discs at people, and then later he's like, oh, I can be Captain America. Oh, they've taken the Captain America identity away from me. I'm gonna <laughs> just be a guy in a black version of my Captain America costume. And I'll just call myself the captain and everybody will just know it's me anyway. Cause it's the exact same voice, exact same face, basically the exact same costume. And everyone's like, do we have to just call you the captain? Like, you, <laughs> just call you just call me cap. What difference does it make? Oh yeah, you're right. Go just go hit people with your shield. When, when <laughs> guy who is not captain America throws his mighty shield. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's, I'm going right there. But also I'm going to say, Anduin's absolutely not captain America. No, that's, that's, that's ludicrous. Anduin is, speedball oh oh yeah for very right dark down, reasons right down to the tragedy or yeah. yeah so yeah and when is speedball uh, uh let's if you don't know f- who speedball is look that up 
we can go villain route. Azshara is absolutely Doctor Doom. Hmm. I that is that is a hill I will die on because the smartest person in the room, always scheming, uh, incredibly powerful, more powerful than anybody else can possibly imagine. Uh, which I've been on a Doctor Doom kick lately, like reading Doctor Doom comics and stuff that involves him, and the sheer gravitas of that character over the last 10 years has shifted from megalomaniac to no, he's not a megalomaniac. He he does have a, a healthy self-importance, uh, but he's royalty and he's doing this for a purpose and reason. Like I literally just read the comic where he bested Reed in a duel and reads like, well, I guess I have to give you that 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 boon you asked for. But if you ask me to do anything uh, nefarious, I'm going to. And then he stops him and says, no, I need you to be my second. You're going to be my best man at my wedding. Now get up. And it's just like, wait, you dueled me just to get me to be your best man? Of course, I'm doomed. And then he walks away. Like, that's Azjara through and through. That's 100% something she would do. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Liz, you got any others? I, I really don't. All right. Well, I'll give you a few. Um, there's there's this the ones that are just gimmies. Uh, Thrall is Superman. Yeah. He is from another world. Uh, the world was destroyed. He lost his parents, although he lost his parents in a different way. He's, he was raised by the opposite of kindly humans, but you know, that that's still kind of there. There were kindly humans involved in his upbringing. He found out about his heritage and decided to use his abilities to help others. And his name is Goel. Yeah. Superman's name is Kal-El. Yeah. The practically cousins. Yeah. I would, if I was ever doing a wow, DC crossover, I'd literally have Superman and Thrall in the corner talking and be like, Goel, huh? Yeah. In Kryptonian, that means uh, Earth Child. Well, I am a child of the world. Megatork is Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Quite literally now. Yeah. Yeah. Being kept alive by a thing in his chest. He's Iron Man. He's Tony Stark. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you, except he's much nicer. I mean, I would much rather. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not that Tony Stark is actually a bad person. I think the interesting thing about Tony Stark is that he is a good person morally. He's just extremely off-putting. Like, he's arrogant and and condescending and just... And, like, with any superhero... I mean, one of the interesting things about some of these superheroes who have had such long comic runs is their personalities can change sometimes pretty drastically depending on who's oh, writing yeah. them yep. you can get very different shades of the same character just depending on you know what you happen to be reading that day so absolutely it, it, there's a lot of range there but um i mean we would I, we could just keep doing this all day but there are other questions <laughs> to get through so um i do love this question that's why i grabbed it and Perhaps if we would, have time to schedule another podcast, we could explore things like this in more further in depth. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Mm. Uh, but next up, um, I'm going to read this one because it's an old friend of the show. <laughs> hey, y'all. It's me again. Uh, your girl, Corn. Got a question for the podcast, and it's a spicy one, I think. Are romanceable characters in video games a good idea? <laughs> and if so, how should the romances work? I often think back to my Dragon Age days and how I basically just threw presents at Morgan until she was my bae. But in Cyberpunk, I had to work my butt off to romance Judy. Just so many quests. And in terms of MMOs, Star Wars The Old Republic actually did romanceable companions, and I thought the, the approach was a lot better than, say, DA. But I thought that it was somewhat lifted from Mass Effect. 
So what do you guys think? Are romanceable characters good? Is the fact that I hate Asterion so very much spoiling th <laughs> them for me in Baldur's Gate 3? And should Diablo 4 have them? Uh, peace, love, blood, and skulls, corn. <laughs> I love you, corn. Never change. Um, <laughs> honestly, if... And I've said this before, the Blizzard IPs seem like where they are, romanceable companions wouldn't really fit. However... And, I, and I've made this claim before. If you were to give me a dating sim based off of WoW characters or Blizzard IP characters, I'd be 110% in. I've already played the heck out of Boyfriend Dungeon. If you give me Boyfriend Dungeon <laughs> WoW flavored, I'm in. Like, this is, let's go. Um, but yeah, like, it's it's tricky to do Romanceable Companions well. Like, the Old Republic probably is the one that I would say is the best it really truly was um in Baldur's gate three and matt and i talked about this a little bit everybody just kind of throws themselves at you you don't really have to do a whole lot so it doesn't really feel earned and in mass <laughs> effect you you do like you earn it as well the dog is done the dog is done hearing this conversation sorry about that mass effect does it well but again you have to earn it so yeah liz I mean, the thing is, I, I love romances in video games. I love that the thing about them is they bring up so many character moments. They bring out a lot of story. I mean, a romance is inherently a very personal narrative where you're learning a lot about different characters. I think they're a really fun thing in video games. I don't think Warcraft is a good setting for that, or at least not World of Warcraft. Like Joe said, you really, you need a different kind of environment for that thing. Warcraft just isn't, you know, it's not quite set up for it. I think that's one of those things you need to think about when you are developing the game in the first place. It needs to be part of the game's DNA. And I mean, Warcraft can do some really great character and character moments. I think they've done some very beautiful you know, character development with some of the with some of these characters. I think my favorite moments in World of Warcraft are always when we're not fighting big, horrible bad guys, but we kind of have uh, these small character moments off to the side. Or I mean, sometimes large character moments like Talanji with her dying father. That was a really big story element, but that's also just kind of this very a tender kind of quiet moment that's not in the middle of the action. So I think Warcraft can do great, really interesting things with characters. I would also say it usually doesn't. It usually, like, it usually veers off into the big action moments, you know? Uh, yeah, action, action adventure movie sequences more than anything else. Yeah, right? yeah. So it it feels like it's a little hard to fit romance in. But, you know, a, a Warcraft dating sim, I, I would play it. I I really enjoy those kind of games. Uh, I think you could definitely do it. You what I'm hearing is bring back Heroes of the Storm, but make it a dating sim. Yes. That's what I'm hearing. Give it to me right like right into my veins. I'm ready. <laughs> Beam me I up, Scotty. I would play it. Day for one me, purchase, not even, no hesitation. For me, I would say that romances in video games tend to be something I'm either hot or cold for, depending on the game. Hmm. Like, one of my favorite games with romances in it is another Bioware game, but it's one that didn't get mentioned. And I don't think most people knew had them. Uh, it's Jade Empire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and Jade Empire romances, they're very much about, do you and this person see eye to eye? Are you, are, mm -hmm. do you agree about the court proper course of action 
uh, do you, you know, and it's, yes, you have your childhood friend and the, and the spoiled princess who turns out to actually secretly be a vigilante fighting for the people. But it's about, do you, you know, do you have similar mindsets? Are you willing to like, and not the same mindset either. There's a really lot, there's like interesting parts where you're like, there's one person you were romance who's got like a kid and you know, that they're, they're focused on their child. Their child is important. It's part of their life. So you kind of have to get be on board with that. Uh, or it's just not going to happen. And I like that about uh, Jane Empire. I think it's one of the better ones for it. But a lot of games, like for instance, I'm really glad. I think one of the biggest mistakes that uh, the Assassin's Creed Odyssey made was putting a romance in. Mm. And especially when the romance was gender constructed. So you yeah. had to romance. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a woman, you mm-hmm. had to romance a dude. And if you're a, a dude, you had to romance a woman. Uh, I know. Th- and the whole reason they did it was just so the character could have a child. And it's like, you know, you could have had her having a child be something that was off screen. We never had to see it. We didn't necessarily need it to be a game thing. Mm-hmm. It could have absolutely just been something that you you could have dropped in in the next game. Like, the, you know, and then, you know, the, the, the one with the staff, had, you know, bore a child and boom, we're done. Don't need to know any more about it. And so I got why they did it, but I thought it was one of the bigger missteps in a game that I otherwise absolutely loved. And I didn't think that the romance option was story destroying or anything. I just found it a little irritating. I, I, I would have been happy with something as simple as having your character say, look, we're not in love. I'm just having a kid because I want to have a child and you're available. That's it. And, and we will not be dating. I will it's- not be your girlfriend. But even then, why even bother? Why even do it? It's not necessary. But when it works, like, and I'll say this for Baldur's Gate 3, Joe is totally on the money. People fall in love with you very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's a little disturbing when I am playing the dark urge. Oh, you cast and, a spell. I don't care that you've murdered 72 gnomes. Let's, uh, let's uh, weave together. Like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> it, Gail, Gail, you are, you are like 10, 10, um, not Alistair Anders. You're like 10 Anders. From Dragon <laughs> oh, 100%. You are like, just so, just so, just so horny on mage. It's it's weird, man. Back it up. But at the same time, Carlac, I love the romance subplot with Carlac, especially since Carlac herself is such an interesting that, and vibrant character. Yeah, that room then like that was really well written and really well executed. Yeah, but it is I th- I think that, you know, there are games where I think it's it's good to not have it. Um not every game needs it. And there was a period of yeah. time where they were shoehorning it into a lot of games mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. seemingly no reason. Um Yeah. yeah. I'll even say this. One of my favorite games is Greedfall and Greedfall has romance options and they shouldn't. They're just, (laughs) none of them are worth it. There's one character who's worth romancing. And it's like, if you don't romance that person, then there's no point to romancing anybody in Greedfall. And yes, that's a game where you could have just completely cut that out. And it would have been great. Um, Fallout fours romance options. Huh? Like why would, be, be even care about this aren't we in an Especially, apocalyptic nuclear wasteland well not only that but you're in a post-apocalyptic nuclear wasteland mourning the death of your uh, significant other which you if, even though it was years ago you just you, woke it up it was like yeah. five minutes ago while you're searching for your kidnapped kid like yeah. by the way hey that's really cool reporting you did there you want to go like on that out back where that like slightly less soiled uh you know, bed is because like fallout the fallout for romance makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. It just shouldn't be there. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement that they can be really great storytelling hooks. If the story is set up for, them, um, or mm. even just, just available to them. But sometimes it's like, man, this is, this is not, this is not it chief. This was not the way to go. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah. But at the same time, sometimes you, like, we had Bioware with Anthem come out, and one of the things was, oh, yeah, we're not doing romances this game. Yeah, what don't, do you think? Is this yeah, don't sort do of that. girly game with romances? And it's like, what? Bioware. <laughs> romances, why yeah. I played all of your games this far. Bioware, so- you, you don't have the right to, to make that one, Bioware. Uh, other companies <laughs> do, but you can't make that one because you're the one that put romances, you put romances in Jade Empire. You know, once you put a romance in Jade Empire, come on. There were romances in your in your Knights of the, the Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic 2. You have romances in all of them. And pretty much for those games, it worked. Uh, I still say that one of the better romances in any game is the Jack romance in Mass Effect. Oh, yes. It's watching the effect on Jack. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. really... And it's... it's I don't know. Just my point is I think we're still in this. Uh, do you think we get time for one more? Yeah. Because we went a little all longer right. pre-show. Okay, let's... Uh, I says go with Tetsami here. Uh, question for the queue. Um, I stole it from his queue questions because it looked interesting. Uh, what MMO would you make single player? And conversely, what single player game would you make an MMO? Hmm. So I'm going to have a controversial one. Go for it. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy 14 is the best single player game that I have played in a very long time. <laughs> um, Better than, than Baldur's Gate 3? It. Yes, in some regards, um, and no in others. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is a RPG player, like, party experience. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen is a single-player RPG experience that is written like a Final Fantasy game, done really well, just happens to also be an MMO. Uh, but I have literally played that game partying with nobody for a long time and I don't miss it. Like I don't, the MMO aspect of it, the MMO aspect that I get out of it is literally sitting in the main city with a guitar and a MIDI pedal playing (laughs) music on my bard. Like that's what I get the MMO experience. I don't party with anybody or do anything else. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's my hot take. And I'm not saying that final fantasy 14 is a bad game. I just think it's a, has a really good single player game inside of it as well. Um, And just, you're just doing that. Or you also doing uh, the inverse. As far as single player game that I would make an MMO, it's going to be Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, because that would be really interesting that I would love to explore that world with a group of people, right? Like it's it's one of those things where having a party of people scavenging together, trying to survive, making their way through it instead of just being alloy. Not that I have any problem with that. I think would be a ton of fun. Those are my two picks. What about you guys? Liz? Well, I mean, I think there's an obvious answer to an MMO you would make a single-player game, and I'm going to say Diablo 4, which they do not market as an MMO, but is very much an MMO. It's a giant, shared, persistent world, and I think it it doesn't always serve the game very well, because part of the interesting thing in Sanctuary is there's this sense of isolation, this sense of the odds are always against you. You're beset on all sides by demons. 
you can only, you know, you can only look after yourself. It's, uh, it's a very harsh world. And it feels different when you're in town and there are like a hundred other epic heroes standing beside you. And I mean, they, they do shard things off and, you know, the players in different difficulty levels, there are different, you know, groups of players. They separate that out, but it still feels like when the game is crowded, it just feels off. It feels off-putting. So I don't... Man, it's it's weird because I've always thought Diablo... I'd love to do a big multiplayer Diablo, but Diablo 4 doesn't feel like it serves the game very well. Uh, though sometimes you go out in the world and you run into another player and you kill demons together and that's really fun. But sometimes it just feels like, okay, we're, we're a bunch of players, you know, destroying the world. Huh? What's the problem? Mm. There's a there's um, a there's a game that released recently. Sorry, not to not to interrupt, but like it was an ARPG yeah, no. Diablo style, but it was also done with an MMO. And I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. And I'm mm. it's I'm kicking myself because I remember it being a ton of fun, and it proved that that type of setting would work well with it because it was essentially just WoW in isometric form, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, and it works fine. Like, I really love that idea, Liz. I would love to see Diablo as an MMO, an actual MMO, like. Yeah, with like, you know, real, real MMO style content, real, real group content, because Diablo 4 straddles this weird space where it is completely soloable. You can solo everything. Uh, I mean, I've even seen some people soloing the world bosses, but, uh, you know, it would be a fun world to be able to go in and it's like, okay, yeah, I need a raid full of people coordinating to kill this boss instead of like, okay, I'm going to go and just run in and there'll be some other people there and we'll probably kill it. No big deal. Kind of LFR level uh, grouping. So I, I, I would like it if it were more, more of an intense MMO experience, more of a traditional MMO experience. And we sort of get that in Diablo Immortal, but Diablo Immortal has a, a different set of problems. So yeah, yeah. And the inverse, or do you not have one? I, I can't think of one. All right. Um, I would like, the one I'm thinking about, well, first of all, I have to mention this. This is a news thing you'll need to know to understand what I'm talking about. This month, I think on the 4th of January, NCSoft gave the City of Heroes Homecoming servers a license to host the game. It's now official. Uh, NC, uh, City of Heroes Homecoming was a pirate server version of the City yes. of Heroes MMO, and now it is not. Now it is an officially licensed version. I'm so happy. Um, and that means it's time for a City of Heroes single-player game. Uh, like by single player, I mean a single player, but I don't mean a single player by themselves. I mean Guardians of the Galaxy style game, where you've basically got this group of people. Maybe you switch between them, and you explore a story set in that universe. I think it would be an amazing thing to do with City of Heroes. I think it was one of the biggest problems I have with City of Heroes was that there was never enough time to get to see the whole place. Um, plus, it was set in Rhode Island. Uh, and City of Villains was literally called, it was on Rogue's Island. So that was like, you know, absolutely it was Rhode Island because Rhode Island is itself an evil place. And I'm from there and I'm an evil person. That's fine. We're all evil. Uh, don't trust us. Uh, we have Cthulhuoid monsters in our heads. But regardless, City of Heroes, absolutely would love to see a single-player City of Heroes game. Um, there's been a lot of good superhero games. Uh, there's been a lot of bad superhero games. I think City of Heroes would be one of the ones that could be a really good one, uh, and I would like to see that. In terms of <clears throat> a single-player game that I would like to see as an MMO, 
honestly, I, and it's kind of bending the definition, but if we're going to talk Blizzard here, I would have loved to have seen a StarCraft MMO. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we thought I we were going to get one at one point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're calling StarCraft a single player game is really accurate, but, you know, it does have multiplayer elements, but it's not. I'm talking an actual MMO set in the various worlds, you know, of, of the Copperloose sector where you get to play as, you know, Terran or Protoss or Zerg. And <clears throat> to a certain degree, that's a, that's one where if you keep them true to their roots, it, their, their constant antipathy makes a lot more sense than the Horden Alliance. Hmm. The Horden Alliance, at some point you're like, well, how many times have we come together for the fate of Azeroth? It doesn't make sense that we keep fighting. <laughs> but there's never been a StarCraft story, even when they team up against the Zelnaga, it's extremely reluctantly, and they're planning to betray each other during. Sometimes they actually do kill each other before they even finish uh, with the thing they're trying to do together. Like when Kerrigan kills Mengsk, you know, and, and it's like, we're not done, oh no, we still have to deal with the Zelnaga. And she's like, I'm killing him now. <laughs> I am not waiting another <laughs> second to kill this guy. Uh, so... Yeah, I think StarCraft would be a really great M. I think it would really work. And that's the one. That's my vote. Only if I can play uh, as an Ultralisk. Yeah, I, I think that that should be something you should be able to do. Maybe <laughs> maybe the weird thing to think about is, is do, do you try to preserve the units of StarCraft? And if so, how? Yeah, I don't think you, you know? can, right? Like it have to cuz you it would be it's an interesting proposition. Yeah, I don't think you'd make the playable things all be the units. I think you'd have to have like some things are basically considered vehicles, even if it is the Ultralisk. But you could get an Ultralisk uh, and use it in combat. Th there's a lot to think about. Um, but regardless, StarCraft is my answer. I um, think that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, well, there's one more question. It's from Corey. And, you know, we all love Corey. He works here. So he's our friend. Do we, do we want to talk about how cold it is, though? I, I don't feel like we need to talk about that. It's I think we too all know. fresh. It's too fresh, and I have to go outside after we're done with this podcast. So sorry, Corey. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is. It is. I will say this much though, Corey. In World of Warcraft, whenever I would go uh, in Warlords of Draenor, when I would go to the Frostfire Mountains, and it was cold out here in Edmonton, I would feel the cold so intensely. Like I actually got uncomfortable going there, just from like just being like, okay, it's not actually cold in your room. I know it's cold on the screen, and I know the snow is outside, but it's not actually cold in this room. Stop shivering. So yeah, I got you. I got you. Absolutely. Um. All right. Do we need another pause? Nope. Then uh, you get to do the thing you do, Joe. Well, friends, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at Patreon.com/slash/BlizzardWatch. Your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, thanks to both Joe and Liz for being here and co-hosting and otherwise making this a fun show that we do. Um, and thanks to all of you for being here as well, because if not, uh, it's not a show, it's it's just us talking and we like doing that, but it's not the same thing. What do you mean? Um, you don't just randomly break out into an announcer voice in your house when you're by yourself. Well, I do, but that's nothing to do with it. I do lots of things that, that are fine on the podcast that I probably shouldn't do in real life. Like argue with my wife about her character being nerfed. Um, <laughs> anyway, 
This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have a question for the podcast, uh, you can send it to us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of Blizzard Watch. Or you can go to our Discord server if you're a patron. We love you. And you can go to our patron Q and podcast questions channel to ask us many, many questions. And if you are not a patron, we still love you. And you can go to our Q and podcast questions for non-patrons and ask your questions there. Thank you guys for that too. It, it, it really helps us immensely. It helps with interaction. We really like to, to banter back and forth with you guys in that way. <laughs> uh, but this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, thank you guys all so much. And we'll be back next week.